Welcome back to episode three of Your Birth Bestie Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me here for this episode all about self-advocating and having an empowered hospital birth. It is probably the most important topic to talk about because as a woman, you want your doctor to respect your choices and help you work through those difficult decisions on your own terms without any pressure. So it might seem daunting as you're starting to figure out how you want to have your own birth and you might feel like you're going to have to fight, you know, the hospital system in order to get what you want. And honestly, I think that's why so many of the moms that I worked with have this fear and anxiety when I first meet them, because it's totally that fear of the unknown and being overwhelmed on where to start that usually causes this. So this episode is for you if you're pregnant or maybe hoping to be soon and planning your own hospital birth. You might still be figuring out what you actually want in the hospital setting, what are you even quote unquote allowed to have in the hospital, and really just trying to be sure that you have the best shot at making your birth dreams a reality and having the best hospital birth experience. And we'll get into this, but before we do, go ahead and download the free workbook at bethconnors.com forward slash workbook so you can see all of the possible decisions you'll have to make or the questions that you'll have to answer during your hospital stay because knowing what you want really is that first step. And I do want to go a little bit deeper and give you uh, some tangible ways to advocate for yourself and avoid that cascade of medical intervention that is unfortunately so common in the hospital. So this is definitely a great resource to have as you're navigating this hospital birth journey. Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. So if you already know me, you'd probably agree, but I find myself being a people pleaser. I have spent most of my life going with the flow and really just trying to blend in. Um, A lot of the times afraid to speak up because I cared too much about what other people thought of me. But I feel like things changed a lot after I had my first baby. I obviously became a mom for the first time, but I also had a really terrible first birth experience. And after learning more about birth when I became a labor and delivery nurse, and then obviously as a midwife, I witnessed what other women were experiencing in the hospital. And I'm talking about the amazing, autonomous, empowering hospital births that I thought, oh my gosh, I had choices. I I realized I could have prepared differently and actually been in control. So why didn't I? Why didn't I speak up during this important moment in my life? I can tell you at least three reasons why. The first being the power dynamic between me and the nurses and doctors. I definitely felt talked down to and information was watered down to oversimplify what was really happening. Like I talked about in a previous episode about my first birth experience, my doctor said to me, let's just break your bag of water. You want to meet your baby sooner, right? And he completely went over. He didn't go over. um, He just disregarded any recommendations of why or what the risks were or the benefits. So for me, it was an easy yes. I I just didn't even ask any questions. I had no reason not to trust him. um, So I thought, but I didn't have all the information at that time. 
which then I guess leads me into the idea of not having the right information or lacking enough information because so many moms are not aware of their rights in the hospital or what choices are available to them during childbirth. And if you don't know what questions to ask or you don't know what to expect, it is so much harder to advocate for yourself. And even if you think of a question um, there can be the fear of asking you know, a silly question in the moment, which there really is no such thing. Um, so honestly, feel free to ask me any question you like. There is no silly question to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. But the hospital can be a scary environment because it feels sterile and intimidating with all the doctors and the equipment, and you just don't know who people are, what things are used for. So you may just feel too overstimulated to ask questions. And are really just trusting and hoping things will be good if you go with the flow. And actually, that reminds me of another reason, um, and it's actually really important. It is that hopefully you have the trust in your medical providers, but you might trust them so much that you want them to make every decision for you and your baby while you're at the hospital. And while this is, of course, a great thing to have trust in your provider, it can also lead moms to not speak up if you're concerned or if you feel like something isn't going the way that you wanted it to go. And for me, being a new mom, not having ever met the doctor delivering me before or any of the nurses, obviously, or really anyone, I kind of just trusted the process. This is what people do um, and just went with the flow and, and really just hope for the best. I didn't want to be seen as that you know difficult patient and I didn't take it really didn't take much convincing for me at any point for them to speed up my labor with interventions. I just did what I was told. And obviously looking back on that, it was a terrible experience, but what I took from that is that I knew I could I could identify what went wrong and I was able to change those things for my second birth. And I've also been able to help so many moms have better births or, you know, get it right the first time, which is so amazing and I'm grateful that I had unfortunately that difficult experience because it did change my life and so many other moms' lives as well. Because you can have an amazing hospital birth, even though you've probably seen all of those, you know, hospital birth haters and giving it a bad reputation on social media. Um, but the traumatic experiences with the, you know, horrible doctors or midwives, providers in general, um, neglectful nurses, that is the only experience that experience that we hear about. But I really am just here to remind you that that isn't the only experience you can have and it does not have to be the norm. Think of your OB as the medical expert who is meant to guide you through your journey and absolutely not control it. You get to make all the decisions. So hopefully that in itself is reassuring and empowering for you. So I did want to share several ways about taking control of your hospital birth and becoming your best advocate because I learned the hard way with my first, but I did not let it happen again for my second and I definitely don't want you to either. Okay, so starting with clinic visits because it is the first step that impacts your birth. Um, be sure that you have a supportive provider from the start. It isn't the most important thing though, so don't worry if the person that you love isn't going to be on call for your delivery or you're not sure who you're going to have um, if they rotate. That that definitely happens, but the preparation that you individually do will be something that you have and it literally won't matter who is there for you. Um, it's just a bonus if you have somebody that you really vibe with. And before appointments, prepare questions beforehand, jot them down in your notes app on your phone, and be sure to ask as many questions as you need at your appointment um, 
And one question I would recommend asking is, what should I expect at the next visit? And this way you can prepare for any recommended tests or ultrasounds and talk it over with your um, partner and make decisions before being put on the spot. Um, that is definitely one tip I have. Um, just always be prepared ahead of time for the next thing that's coming. So I thought it might be helpful to give you a list of some of the decisions that you will have to make in the clinic or some questions that your provider will ask you just so you kind of have a heads up. Um, the first thing is that first trimester ultrasound or that dating ultrasound at the first or second appointment. This is standard. Most women go through with it, but it is not something that you need to have. Um, so even though when you call for your first appointment and they say you got to schedule your dating ultrasound as if it is a requirement, it definitely isn't. So that is something that you can consider. What genetic testing do you want, if any? Are you okay with having that anatomy ultrasound at 20 weeks where they look over baby very carefully head to toe? If your pap smear is due while you're pregnant, do you want it collected or would you rather wait until postpartum? This is something to talk to your provider as well because in not, not all instances is it required to be collected right away. Um, taking blood is standard at that first or second appointment and then at 28 weeks um, you'll also have you'll have a blood draw along with the, the diabetes screen which is where you take that sugar drink and they check your blood sugar um, does all that sound good to you are you okay with those things because just because again they're standard doesn't mean they're necessary or required what are your thoughts on cervical checks typically you're asked around 38 weeks um, weekly until you deliver and then of course in in labor Typically, most women will have at least one cervical check, but that is not required at all either. Do you have a plan for how you are going to cope with pain during labor? Um, making sure that you know what is available to you in the hospital, such as a labor tub, the peanut ball, a birthing ball, TENS unit, things like that, just to be sure you know what tools are available to you and what things you might have to bring, because not all hospitals have the same equipment. Are you okay following the recommendations for induction in pregnancy from your provider? And when would an okay um, time for an induction be? Would you want to wait till 41 weeks or 42 weeks? Um, just kind of have an idea of what you're comfortable with too before your provider also gets involved if necessary. Know the visitor policy. And this was definitely more um, difficult during COVID when things were all always changing, but I think it's just nice to know always what the visitor policy is. So there's no surprises when you're actually in active labor and you're at the hospital and somebody gets sent, sent home or something. Um, what are your thoughts about circumcision? And what are your plans to feed your new baby? Um, do you want to breastfeed, bottle feed? What um, support do you need beforehand? Um, what equipment do you need beforehand? Just lots of stuff to think about um, before you actually are in the hospital in labor. And there are definitely so many additional things I could add to this list because there are just a lot of topics that are helpful to know about beforehand. That way, when you talk to your provider, you either have an informed um, decision already made about why you're either declining something or you have the chance then to ask additional questions, um, have some information you know, in the back of your head and really just get some clearer explanations on why or why not um, you should go forward with an intervention or certain protocols or policies. Um, it just really helps facilitate that discussion a little bit better. And this is a lot of what I focus on and why I created that comprehensive workbook um, that you can find at bethconnors.com forward slash workbook. And it is all about labor decisions and different interventions or options that you have, um, things to think about during childbirth and in regards to your newborn care. 
and it's not meant to be overwhelming. It is just a good way to make sure that you're covering all your bases when you're preparing for your hospital birth, and it might even prompt you to do additional research or consider another option, um, ask your provider more questions, and really just make sure that overall you're completely prepared going into your hospital birth. The second thing is that during your pregnancy, it is so important to ask your provider about standard hospital practices, um, their C-section rates, and their thoughts on supporting physiologic, natural, low-intervention birth. Um, You can usually get a good vibe with however your provider answers, like if they say, Um, I don't know why you'd want to go through all of that pain of natural childbirth when we have the epidural. Um, So yeah, that would definitely be a red flag if you're trying to have an unmedicated birth. Um, So things like that are usually pretty obvious, but it's just good to ask questions before and see how your provider will support you in the way that you want to give birth. Next is that gaining your confidence is important before going into your hospital birth. And this can be done with things like online birth education or in-person courses, but even if you don't know anything about birth and you maybe didn't prepare as much as you wanted to, please just know that you have a voice and you can and you should ask as many questions as you want. Um, You also have to give informed consent before anything is done, so don't feel like you have to do anything because it's, you know, quote-unquote policy or it's just the next step or something like that. Um, There's always a reason why an intervention needs to be done, um, and you have the right to ask questions and to say yes or no. Um, Seems basic, but it is definitely worth mentioning for sure. And that confidence can also come from knowing that you have rights and giving yourself that permission to be the difficult patient and question everything because of the rights that you have. There should be no more going with the flow and trying to blend in um, because childbirth is so much more than a healthy baby and you deserve the birth that you want. So you should definitely feel empowered and confident to speak up and getting to a place that you can do that is so important. Um, A few of these rights that I wanted to share with you, I have a list of like six things, so stick with me here for just a minute. But you have the right to choose a midwife or a doctor and you have the right to switch to another provider at any time during your pregnancy or even during delivery if if something doesn't feel right. You also have the right to information about the benefits, the risks, and the costs of procedures, and all the alternate options that are available to you. And this includes, you know, what are the benefits and risks of doing nothing at all and just disregarding the recommendation altogether. You have the right to accept or refuse anything, and um, you can also change your mind at any time in the process. You also have the right to the freedom of movement during labor. You have the right to uninterrupted contact with your newborn from the moment of birth, whether there is advanced care that your baby might need in the NICU or during their routine hearing screen before discharge. Um, Your partner or someone that you delegate has the right to go with baby wherever they go um, to be sure that your wishes are continually met. You also have the right to bodily autonomy and self-determination. It's as simple as saying yes or no, and you might have a reason, you might not at all. Either way, it should be respected because you have you know, the right to the final say. And overall, if something doesn't feel right, ask to speak to the charge nurse or you know, get a second opinion from another provider if needed. 
To be your best birth advocate, it will make so much difference if you can fully trust the birth process and trust yourself and trust your body, even if it feels scary at first, which it probably will. Um, But once you have this mindset and you're all in, it will be so much easier to speak up for your birth goals and the ideal birth that you want. Um, And you also might be worried that, well, what happens if I trust birth to unfold as it should, but maybe my nurse won't agree or someone else isn't as supportive? Um, One thing that I recommend is that you should always direct people to review your birth plan while you're at the hospital. Um, Saying something like, you know, have you had a chance to review my birth plan? I just want to be sure that we're all on the same page as things progress because um, it's really just a super easy way to to also just start talking with a nurse. Sometimes there's like shift changes or something like that. And it's a really good way for them to get to know you and your wants. But also once you kind of communicate your needs, hopefully it puts you at ease too and you can feel comfortable again in your space. Another really big important thing I want you to listen to if you've gotten pulled away to do something else is preparing for how you are going to say no. Your doctor may say something like, okay, we need to do XYZ or it's time for XYZ now, but how will you calmly and confidently react? Because for someone like me who doesn't like conflict at all, um, I have a script that you can follow and it's something that I did as well. It's called the brain tool, B-R-A-I-N, because even though you can just say no and decline, you can absolutely do that too. You might not want to or not feel confident in just saying no because you want obviously what's best for you and for your baby. So you'll probably be considering more questions to ask to be sure that that is the right choice for you. So each letter in that acronym stands for a question to clearly communicate what you want and the concerns that you have. So the B is for benefits. What are the benefits? R is risks. What are the risks and how do you plan to manage them? Um, What are the alternative options available to you and how do they compare? What does your gut say or intuition? I is for intuition. And what would happen if you did nothing at all and allowed birth to unfold without that recommended intervention? And maybe you've already heard this before, but I did want to also add a few bonus questions that you can ask too. Things like, is this considered routine or is it medically necessary? Why is this necessary? How long do I have to make this decision? On a scale of one to 10, how strongly do you recommend that I do this? Or there's you know, an instance where you go to OB triage, um, if they're going to check to see if you're in labor and determine if they want to admit you or not. Um, they might want to admit you while you're in early labor, but you can ask, what will change for me once I'm admitted? And what will happen if I delay getting admitted and you know go home for a few hours, come back? Um, so you really always have that choice because there is often a lot of times when women go to the hospital too soon um, in early labor and they are admitted, their provider will admit them. But that is like one of the indications of you know, going into that cascade of medical intervention because as soon as you're in the hospital, you're kind of on their their clock. Um, so if you can wait to get admitted and only be admitted when it's actually necessary and you're in active labor, that can be really helpful. So asking these questions beforehand hopefully will help. And the very last thing I want you to consider is what steps are you willing to do to prepare? And as a warning, your hospital birth course is probably not the answer. And by probably, I guess I'm willing to say maybe 95% of those courses are just not giving women the info that they need. And I can tell you from personal experience that that is true. Um, 
I spent my money on a hospital course that was eight hours and I really didn't get much from it at all. So save your time and money, um, spend it somewhere else, or at least look into your hospital birth course a little bit more because there might not be, there might be a class out there that surprises me. Um, so I don't want to ever say never, but there is other stuff out there too that can be really helpful and you know tailored to your needs a little bit better. Um, so just be sure that you're getting all the information on what to expect during pregnancy, what to expect from labor, from the moment that it starts throughout your entire hospital stay, and definitely there should be um, information about postpartum and the transition to motherhood, um, the transition to to caring for a newborn. There's so many things that those hospital courses don't offer. Um, so definitely just make sure you're getting exactly what you're, what you're expecting. I would love to see hospitals creating comprehensive courses about everything from birth mindset and physiologic birth, um, how to make informed decisions, the legal rights that you have, how to advocate for yourself, like we talked about, um, you know, in, including all the information about prenatal tests and pregnancy, labor options, stages of labor, how to deal with pain and the different options that you have to cope in, in, in the hospital. Um, different labor complications, emergencies, C-sections, of course, postpartum, how to involve your partner. And if you're fearful or have anxiety, how to eliminate those fears, things like even nutrition. There are so many things that are beneficial for moms preparing for their birth experiences. Um, there were things that I wish I had known before my own first birth. And also, I get so many of the same questions from moms um, daily, which is why I am in the process of creating my own comprehensive hospital birth course, really so all of the information, the experiences, and the resources that I have and want to give to you are all in the same place from someone that has the same outlook on birth that you do. So if you're looking for something like this, but maybe you haven't found the right fit yet, my new course will be available in July, and I am so excited for you to dive into these modules, get these handouts and checklists. Um, there's a list of all the different topics that the course will cover. Um, so if you want more details, go to bethconnors.com forward slash birth course, and you can get on the wait list and um, get updates as soon as I have them for you. And in a few weeks on May 22nd, I will be having a pre-sale for this course. So I will send you a personal reminder if you're on the wait list and you'll receive a 50% off discount for that first week only just for being a founding member and being one of the first people to get access to this course. So I'm super excited to offer that to you and I hope you will check it out. It will seriously be all of the information that you need to feel ready and confident to have an amazing hospital experience because when you're educated, you have so much more awareness and have better control over your experience. You can think about what you want and what you don't want and consider possible decisions to make during your pregnancy, during your labor, um, that are educated and that you feel good about. It makes everything so much less scary the more informed that you are. And I would be so thrilled to help you in this journey. So thank you again for tuning into this episode of Your Birth Bestie podcast. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes to grab your spot on the wait list and subscribe to the show to hear more each week about how to have an autonomous hospital birth experience. I appreciate you so much for being here and I will see you next time.